Hello, and welcome to Syngap Stories, hosted by me, Ashley Fry. Every couple of weeks, I try to spread information and awareness about a rare disease that affects my son, Nathan. It's called Syngap 1. I chat with parents, siblings, caregivers, and others about the challenges and successes of their journey with someone impacted by Syngap 1. I hope you enjoy today's conversation. Hello and welcome to Syngap Stories. This is your host, Ashley Fry, and today I am chatting with someone who I already consider a friend, Miss Corey Baston. You may know Corey because she has a daughter named Sailor who's four years old. They also have an 11 year old daughter, Carolina, and um, Corey's husband is Ryan. They live in Newport, North Carolina. So, is that that's near the Outer Banks, right? Yeah, so we're um, we're kind of considered, I guess, the Southern Outer Banks. We're at the bottom, bottom of the little islands. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, Corey, you and I have gotten to know each other through SRF and being volunteers. But what I would love to do is just start from the beginning. Tell us about Sailor. What's she like? So, Sailor is um, man. She's super special. She loves life like nobody else I've ever seen. She she lights up a room. She's mm-hmm. she's great with eye contact, which is 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 awesome. Um she just has a purity about her that's that's unique and special. And um yeah. she just fantastic. Little spitball. Yeah. <laughs> Ball of <Yeah>. fire. <laughs> Aren't they all? They, yeah. I think all of our Syngapians seem like they know how to cause some trouble. Yeah. How did you, um, what was your first indication that something was going on with Sailor that wasn't quite normal? Um, we kind of knew something from, from really the early beginnings. Um, she had a lot of uh, ear infections. Um, she seemed mm. to have trouble feeding and um, we had to go and, and use the bottle because uh, she wouldn't attach properly. And uh, mm-hmm. quickly found out she had milk allergies. And she, would, I can't remember the protein it is in milk, but there's some protein in milk that she seemed to be allergic to. So we had to buy a special formula. And even then, mm-hmm. it was still um, really hard with her feeding. Um, she had really... <sighs> Ear infections, it felt like every weekend. Poor thing, she was just constantly stopped up. I dreaded wintertime because we knew, man, oh. here, here it comes. Um, mm-hmm. and she, didn't, she didn't have normal um, development or at least not on time development. Everything seemed to be you know, a few months behind or several months mm-hmm. behind. Um, mm-hmm. So we, we knew right away there was some things. Um, she also wouldn't babble and she was like mm-hmm. the most insanely happy baby. It was crazy. I remember my husband and I, we went to the mm-hmm. doctor on like our first visit. Well, number one, she didn't cry when she was born, you know, and my husband was Ooh, was wow. waiting for that smack on the hiney and her to start <laughs> crying. And she just sat mm-hmm. there and was like, mm, it was perfect. She was so quiet. It was like, like <laughs> one of those quiet births. No one made a sound in there. And uh, we went to her first doctor's appointment. My husband was like, hey, um, is it normal for babies to just not cry? It, n- never. She's just always happy. <laughs> um, and they were like, well, not normally, but 
that just means she's a good baby. So don't worry about it. So we, we didn't really worry mm-hmm. about it. She was just happy. Now she had some sleeping issues, but that wasn't abnormal at the time. So we right. weren't too Newborns. concerned. Mm-hmm. So something you said reminds me a lot of Nathan too. Um, I remember many times just like putting him in the little swing in the corner of the room and he was just content for as long as you let, and would just watch everybody do whatever anyone was doing and was just completely happy observing and just rocking mm-hmm. and wouldn't say a peep. Yeah. I carried her. <laughs> I, I carried that. her for like ever because she yeah. was just happy being close to me and I could plop her in mm-hmm. my little carrier and plop her anywhere we went. And she was just happy as could be. Never even cried in car rides or anything. Oh my gosh. <laughs> fantastic. That's lucky. Yeah. My first one was not that so way. <laughs> Uh, yeah, mine either. Tell me about how you ultimately got her syngap diagnosis. So um, we knew early on that she, you know, seemed to have some autistic traits. She flapped her hands and and didn't babble normally. She she did a lot of grunting um, and seemed very fixated on certain TV shows and certain things. Um. So we obviously had an early intervention and thankfully they were great. They started speech therapy and OT and PT and all that jazz pretty, pretty quickly on. Um, We had tubes put in her ears. We thought that was going to help with the ear infection. They helped for a minute and then the tubes fell out (laughs) and sure enough, the ear infection started again. And so we ended up having her adenoids, as well as her tubes put back in. And the the doctor was like, man, those are the worst adenoids I've ever seen in a kid. And so, yeah, he, he, they were just full of infection. Um, so he was pretty certain. He was like, man, once you get these out and we get her head all cleared up, you know, we'll, we'll be able to, she'll gain some cognition skills and some speech skills because she's probably not able to hear what you're saying. And if you can't, hear what you're saying. You can't develop speech. And he said, and there's so much mm-hmm. congestion all in her ears. It's probably throwing off her balance. And so mm-hmm. that may be why she's I mean, it makes delayed. Sense. Yeah. It, we, yeah. we thought that was going to cure her. And, um, it did help. We noticed she paid attention to our, our words more and looked at us more and could actually hear mm-hmm. us when we called her name, but it still didn't, you know, have that big great awakening that we were waiting for. A mm. um, few months passed by and uh, we started noticing eye rolls or eye flutters. They were so fast. Mm-hmm. It was, it was mm-hmm. just a few seconds and we thought, mm, well, that's new tick. You know, that's just some kind mm-hmm. of autistic tick and didn't think anything mm-hmm. of it. We seemed to see them more in the bathtub than we did during any other time, but they were really sporadic. Yeah thought nothing of it. Uh, She went to school and uh, or started going to pre-K and happened to have a substitute teacher that day and substitute teacher. And she fell all the time, all the time. Mm -hmm. I mean, the girl, poor thing, she couldn't walk around the house without holding my hand because she would just collapse on the floor. And again, we thought her balance is off. It's just part of the global delay. You know, Mm -hmm. we know she has some hypotonia issues no big deal until the um, teacher at school came and said, Hey, 
I was holding her hand today. Her knees went weak and her eyes rolled at the same time. She's got epilepsy. And I know because my daughter has the same thing. And I went, oh, my oh god, I didn't even think about that. I mean, we've been looking at this for I don't even know how many months we saw it. Yeah. And I feel terrible. Yeah. But I had always seen movies where epilepsy in movies looks, you know, like a tonic-clonic. Mm-hmm. You see them on the floor shaking. Mm-hmm. You don't know mm-hmm. that there's anything other than that looking seizure. Right. So fortunately, right. I was there able are to different get different types it. of epilepsy. Yeah, tons of different ones. Mm-hmm. I had no idea mm-hmm. that those even existed. Uh, I was able to get it yeah. on video, and I took it immediately to our appointment when we got the neurology appointment. And it didn't take mm-hmm. too long to get that. And when she saw the, the video, she was like, "Yeah, I can pretty much mm-hmm. bet you that's you know epilepsy." Mm-hmm. So she ordered the twenty-four hour ambulatory EEG. We had that mm-hmm. at home. That went pretty smooth. Oh, that's nice to have it at home. Yeah, yeah. It was really nice. And Sailor didn't mess with her leads or anything. She j- bounced that's around awesome. the house like normal. Um, <laughs> we had an MRI. That came back normal. Um, they mm-hmm. ran some blood tests and did some genetics testing. That came back normal. So we were mm-hmm. like, mm, okay, it's just the, just the seizures. Well, she was having 180 seizures a day. And so her poor little brain was just constantly having thunderstorms. Right. Yeah. And think about like all of the time and effort it takes just to get back to what you were doing before your brain messed it all up. Yeah. And fortunately, she she didn't seem to, she didn't really stop what she was doing. That's why one reason we didn't think it was a seizure because she would be Mm -hmm. eating something and she wouldn't, wouldn't even miss a step. It was... You right. know, a blink and then she was right back at it or she'd hit the ground and then yep. she'd get right back up and start playing with her toy again. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Uh, so at the point you realize that she's having, she has an epilepsy and it's going to be a thing you're dealing with. How was that period in between knowing that she has seizures and getting a Syngap diagnosis? What was that like? Well... We knew we knew something was wrong. So it was never shocking. We weren't really anticipating anything. We just knew we had to deal with another set of problems, you know. Mm-hmm. So it was really kind of just focused on stopping those seizures. And I, I did kind of go on a little rabbit hole hunt down the Google land ugh, on <laughs> what could possibly be causing seizures, aluminum on the brain. You need to drink uh, right. <laughs> Fiji water. And oh my gosh, right. I feel like I tried every single thing. <laughs> I spent most of my evenings just searching for some kind of uh, cure or therapy or something that right. would, you know, help out. But I, I, yeah. I had no idea. So when your original genetic test came back, and there was nothing, nothing hit. What was the next step? They ran more. Um, and we kind of oh, thought yeah. it was crazy. We were like, well, we know it's not genetic. You know, she didn't get it from mm-hmm. me and she didn't get it from my husband. Right. So it's not hereditary. What are you going to do about it? You know, it's genes right. are genes. You can't change them. And so what's mm-hmm. the point in even yeah. knowing what's going on? Um, mm-hmm. until we got it. Um, 
we went to our next neuro appointment was in July and, um, went through the whole thing. And then she's like, Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, by the way, I got your genetic report back. And we're like, yeah, that's kind of a big deal. (laughs) Would have liked to know that from the beginning. (laughs) And she reads it off and it's a bunch of gibberish that nobody understands. And apparently not even her. And she said, uh, she's just got a uh, form of mental retardation and um, it didn't come from you and it didn't come from your dad or her dad. So that's all she said. That's literally all she said. And I said, well, that's it. I mean, and she said, yeah, there's nothing you can really do. And she said, it's not in any literature. Um, So I immediately was like, well, can I get a copy of that genetic report? And she looked at me like I had two heads and was like, oh, sure. If you, if you want it, you can have it. And I was like, yeah, I want it. Give it to me. (laughs) So, um, that ended our, (laughs) ended our, our appointment and the receptionist printed off my stuff and I went home for the evening. And uh, as soon as I got the kids to bed, I started Googling every single Mm -hmm. term on that page. I didn't even know where to begin because none of it made any sense. Heterozygous, de novo, pathogenic, likely pathogenic. I was all Greek. Yeah. And I happened to type in Syngap1 because that was one of the the little gene things in the the box. And sure enough, Mm -hmm. a flood of information. And I was like, man, we've got a reason. I didn't know what it meant, it. but I spent the next 24 hours like finding everything I could. I went to Facebook, typed it in there, and sure enough, oh, Syngap Research Fund and the <laughs> whole community. And then I was like, oh, there's others like me. <laughs> Oh my gosh. That was Okay, let let's put this into perspective first too. Like that was not too long ago. So we are in March to uh 2022. Excuse me. My goodness. We're in March 2022. When was she diagnosed? July of 2021. So you had a hard time in 2021 trying to get answers. Can you imagine what it would have been like years sooner? I oh yeah, like that's the part of, of of all of this that I just can't wrap my head around. Like I, I feel pretty lucky that we got a diagnosis as as early as we did, but then I think like there are still these barriers that probably should not be in place. Like your that that physician saying, "Well, there's nothing you can do about it." Well, as as frustrating as that was, I was at least thankful that she ordered the genetic reports because there are so many mm-hmm. kids out there that their doctors don't ever order them. And I'm like, what in the world? You know, I, I'm right. in these groups now and I see these parents that all the, the symptoms sound like Syngap. And I'm like, have you had your kid genetic tested? And I'm... <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a psychopath because I'm like big brother. Yeah, I'm hunting down these people. I'm like, go get it tested. Go get it tested, and you have to do multiple oh tests gosh. because not not just one will find it. Right. I mean, we've right. Is this second one that, or maybe the third? I'm not sure. It was one of the two um, that ended up popping for us. The first one came back oh as nothing. And yeah. apparently the insurance yeah, company experience. wouldn't even pay for the second one unless you had the first one. And so there is oh a, there's gosh, a process there. Now, if you're mm-hmm. listening, there are 
companies like Invite, which I didn't know about, that does the behind the seizure program and and offers some free testing. And so there is mm-hmm. is ways to get get it done without you know costing a, a crazy amount of money. But yeah. And that's um, part of what SYNCAP Research Fund tries to do is share all of the information that any one of us finds with the entire community because it's hard enough to find each other. Once we're here, we share it all. So that's that's definitely a very good point too. Okay, let's let's pivot a little bit and tell me about. All right, so you you've been involved with um, SRF for a little while now, and you've been pretty pretty busy as a volunteer. When you have a new family talk to you and you're one of the first people who they've encountered who also has a child with Syngap, what do you tell them? What's the first thing you tell them? Don't panic. Don't panic. Mm -hmm. It's not going to solve anything by tucking tail and going to hide in a corner. You got to put your big girl pants on or big boy pants on and and Mm -hmm. take this battle and, and embrace it. You know, it it it's, sounds crazy to do it, but we've been kind of chosen to be these kids' parents, and you yep. can you can sulk and be miserable, or you can take it for what it is and love your kid and fight for your kid. Because I feel like God gave me Sailor because He knew I would fight for her, and I had always yep. been asking. It's crazy because I really was praying about being able to find a purpose to help people. Because I've always kind of felt like I, I had something greater in life than just selling advertising. And mm-hmm. he gave me my purpose. <laughs> now, it definitely wasn't what I thought I was praying for, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's turned out to be a blessing in disguise. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you are definitely a very, very good advocate for SYNGAP One patients and a volunteer. I mean, you are one of the strongest and fast moving women I've encountered in SRF. So I'm very, very, very lucky to even be chatting with you. Let me, um, what, what is one of the things that you are most interested in learning from parents whose children are older than Sailor? Mm. Well, I tell you, one thing I'm, I'm probably the least educated in is um, setting up trusts for the future. Oh, yeah. Because that that's, yeah. that's a morbid thing to even think about, but that's our my largest fear. And I think that's probably most parents' um, largest fear is what's going to happen when, when we're not around. Because our kids, they have mm-hmm. to have someone take care of them 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and nobody's mm-hmm. going to take care of them like we are. I mean, yeah. you have to know their language. You have to know what they like and their habits, and they're very habit-driven. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that that scares me to death because I just I can't even – it consumes me. I, I go to bed thinking about it every night. Yeah, I think that's um, – definitely one of the scariest things simply because I'm not sure that we've, we have a population of volunteers and parents yet who have successfully blazed that trail and have, have the wherewithal to share it with us yet. You know, I mean, it's, that is such a hard concept all around to wrap your brain around. Um, It is, you know, and I also, I also think about, okay, so we're, probably going to be 
moving on to the next life before our, our kids anyway. You know, you know, you think about your your neurotypical kids. And that's hard. Mm-hmm. Even planning for that, you know, and then you add on this dynamic of, you know, this this person cannot physically take care of themselves in a safe manner. And then you're gone. <laughs> so yeah, which that's that's why I volunteer because I I, mm-hmm. I want to help to find a cure or at least something to get her to the point where she can take care of herself. Um, yeah, yeah. What is you mentioned that our kids are very habit driven? What do you think? What do you think is the most difficult part about that? Oh, well, it varies so widely amongst every single family. I mean, we've got from one extreme to the other with our kids. You know, there are some kids that Mm -hmm. absolutely cannot handle anything outside of their exact pattern of doing things throughout the day, whether it's their food they're eating, Mm -hmm. the time of day they have their food or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. And then there's some kids that are you know, more flexible. Fortunately, Sailor's pretty flexible. I mean, she knows what time Mm -hmm. she's supposed to have something done, but she Mm -hmm. doesn't, it doesn't break her throughout the day. So we don't have, except for ice cream, she really could eat ice cream 12 times a day. (laughs) And that's been kind of a struggle because after school, she comes home and she's like pointing to the, (laughs) she grabs my hand and Mm -hmm. takes me to the freezer and she's like, Open the ice cream, mom. And I'm like, no, not right now. <laughs> not right now. And then 20 minutes later, mom, my ice cream. I need ice cream. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, that's, it is difficult though, especially if you don't have, you have very um, uh, dynamic schedules and you're trying to accommodate them. Um, yeah. Sleep patterns. Oh my gosh. Don't mess up their sleep pattern. (laughs) Yes. Everyone says don't wake a sleeping baby. Well, you got like five other different layers on there with syngap kids in their sleep. I mean, it's just once you get it good enough, you don't touch it. Yeah. Don't let them nap at the wrong time. Exactly the same. (laughs) Nope. Nope. I mean, (laughs) do you need this stubby? You need this light on? You need the fan on? We're going to talk about something. And then, you know, like the pattern. Mm -hmm. Oh, the pattern. And and it's so, I mean, it's, it works. Thank goodness. But man. And then there's still the <laughs> it has to be there. random three o'clock wake up and then they don't go back to mm-hmm. sleep till three o'clock the afternoon of the next day mm-hmm. when you're trying yeah. to keep them awake because you're like, no, you got to sleep tonight. <laughs> you're not going to bed. Exactly you're right. staying up all day long. <laughs> I yeah. have to, you do too. Yeah. Uh, so tell me, as hard as it can be on a daily basis, caring for our kids, how how do you take advantage of your time in a way that that is enjoyable for you? How do you give yourself a break from the the, the tedious nature of being a mom to a syngapian? I'm not a good person to ask that because I do not give myself <laughs> any time at all. I, I do work out in the yard occasionally <laughs> if I can mm-hmm. squeeze yeah. it, but usually I'm working in the yard. I'm mowing the grass with her because – I can't, I'm not allowed to mow the grass without her because 
they would break her yes. heart. She is a thing. Dago yep. loves the lawnmower. <laughs> I'm yes. the grass sometimes just because she wants to get on the lawnmower. Um, yes. Uh, but, you know, I'm usually out there and she's running around. I'm trying to, f- I, I figured out now I can put the uh, Alexa dot on the front porch and play her favorite music while I'm trimming bushes or throwing out pine straw and that kind of entertains her. That's like her anchor. Yeah. She will stay towards that music unless a bird's flying and then she's running down the road and (laughs) throwing down the hedge clippers going, no, come back. (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah, I'm a terrible person because I don't, I'm now volunteering. I work a full-time job. My other daughter does dance and other extracurricular mm-hmm. activities. So we kind of don't stop and then cooking and cleaning and everything else. But I'm really good at telling other people to do that, <laughs> to stop. <laughs> I'm like, no, you need to do take a have- break, decompress. You're no good if you don't, yeah. if you don't let yourself rest. <laughs> well, so, okay. So do you, do you have therapists who come in and help or, or do you have respite? where you live? Yeah. So, um, we go to, or she goes to preschool from eight to 12 every day. And that's just for this year. I think next year she'll go till three o'clock. And Mm then, um, after she gets home from school, the therapist comes at 12, uh, 1230, 1245. And she stays mm-hmm. till about four forty-five, five o'clock. So she gets about 25 hours a week of ABA therapy a week. And that That's has great. been fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah. She, and I was kind of worried about ABA because if you're in any of the mom groups, you get a drastic different point of view from each person you talk to. Some people are pro-ABA. Some people are anti-ABA. It's all over the Mm -hmm. board. Fortunately, we are pro-ABA. Sailor loves her therapist like she loves us. I mean, as soon as she sees that car pull up in the driveway, she's literally screaming at the top of her lungs at the window. Can't wait for her to pull up. And then she, as soon as she knocks on the door, she's at the door screaming for, jumping up and down, (laughs) grabs her hand and then pulls her either backyard to go swing or pulls her upstairs Mm -hmm. to start working. She's been doing the swinging more here lately since it's spring and it's nice outside. (laughs) Yes. And so they play out there for 20, 30 minutes and swing as fast as she can swing and then she comes inside and they go upstairs and they they work and do their color matching and their letter matching and their block stacking whatever mm-hmm. they're working on at the moment and then she and the funny thing is ABA is like in a reward system mm-hmm. <laughs> so some kids are more food oriented she happens to be song oriented so it's hilarious okay. because she'll have to do her little task, you know, matching the colors or whatever. And her reward mm-hmm. is the therapist will sing whatever song she wants or, you know. So that's amazing. This, oh my gosh, like that's awesome. She does like a little chorus of the song and then she's like, okay, you got to work again. And so Sailor will work for a little bit. And then 10 minutes later, I'll hear her singing A, B, C, D. <laughs> That's great. That is amazing that they figured that out about yeah. about Sailor and that it's 
it's enticing enough for her. Like for me, that would not, that would not cut it. No, but with her, I I always joke. I'm like, (laughs) who's working who now? I think you're getting ABA'd more than she is. (laughs) (laughs) They'll take a break and they'll go outside and swing for a little while and then ready to work again. So they do a great job with keeping her attention and, and making it fun for her. I mean, she don't. She doesn't get excited about me. My boring old mom. But daggone therapist comes over and it's party time. <laughs> now anybody yeah. that pulls up in the driveway, she assumes they're there to entertain her, and she <laughs> grabs their hand to take them where she's wanting to take them. That's so funny. Oh, I love it. I love it. What are you most proud of Sailor for in the last year or so? Man, everything. She has come a long way. And I really will have to say it's probably due to all the ABA. Um, It's just kind of taken her out of her shell. She started babbling. Now, she still hasn't. She's nonverbal, so she doesn't say mom Mm -hmm. or dada. But she is saying those words, just not with purpose to us. You know, not saying like, hey, mama. But she's babbling all the time. She's using different words. And I swear she's like saying words, but I can't ever get her to repeat them. I mean, there was a broccoli, a cocoa melon broccoli song on a day before yesterday. And it was something broccoli. And all of a sudden I heard her say broccoli. I was on the phone with my mom and my mom was like, did she just say broccoli? I was like, she said broccoli. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. (laughs) Um, That is awesome. So she's definitely coming along. Yeah, she's learning those sounds, yep. how to say them. And um, That's great. Here, the past two weeks, she's learned to start throwing things in the trash. And she kind of miraculously did oh it God. on her own. I was, every morning, she comes downstairs from her bedroom and um, I get all her clothes and sit on the couch and strip her down and get her ready for school. And obviously, mm-hmm. got to take off the diaper because she's not, di- not potty trained mm-hmm. yet. And I throw that on the floor and wrap it all up and put her clothes on. Well, she grabbed my hand. This was about two weeks ago. Grabbed my hand Mm -hmm. and shoved my hand down to the floor towards the diaper. And I'm like, what are you doing? And so she wanted me to pick it up. And so I pick it up. Uh And I'm waiting for her next instruction. And she grabs my arm again. (laughs) And she drags me to the kitchen to the trash can. And like nudges for me to throw it in the trash can. So I open the drawer and I throw it in there. And she's like, yeah, good job, mom. Again, who's ABA and who? Well, right. now she she knows. And because the next day I was like, oh, no, this is your job. You're going to do this. You know what yeah. to do now. So yeah. there's no excuses. Yep. So I pointed to it and I was like, you pick it up. And sure enough, now she picks it up and she takes it in there. She can't quite pull the drawer open for the uh, trash can. but. Uh-huh. I pull it open for her and she throws it right in there. And other things around the house now that she knows is trash. She's like, okay, that, I, that's my job now. I'm the trash girl. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just wait until she starts throwing non-trash items away. Yeah. I cannot tell. It. Like, I have found a portable speaker oh, no. in the trash. Oh, yeah. Plates, forks. I mean, you kind of expect that. Um, the, oh, one, oh, gosh. This, this was a heartbreaking moment. Nathan had taken one of Liam's lovies. Liam is about a year and a half older, but he had this one hippo lovey that he was just so connected to and hippo disappeared. He made a very tragic exit and we are pretty sure it's because Nathan just tossed hippo in the trash Mm. and no one knew. And that was that. I mean, like 
I clean my house. Hippo is gone. Yeah. That thing is not in the house. It is gone. You just wait. <laughs> tell me, tell me the first Ro- item she throws might out. Be where my Roku remote is because we have lost. There you that. go. <laughs> looked everywhere, it's the trash. Yeah. Oh, awesome. So I believe Sailor and Nathan are about the same age. She. When does she turn five? September. September. Nathan's June. Yeah, they're pretty close. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I'm really excited about now that everybody is starting to get comfortable and travel a little bit more now that the pandemic has um, slowed down, I am excited for meeting everybody, for meeting people like you and meeting people like Sydney in Pennsylvania. So I very much appreciate your willingness to spend time with me today. We had for... No one will know this, but Corey and I, now you all will, because we're going to share, but we had (laughs) the most embarrassing time trying to get synced and like hearing each other with our microphones and our headphones today. So I very much appreciate your time. (laughs) Oh my goodness. We had, we had all the testing. I mean, we're going to look back and laugh a lot about this, Um, but I'm very, I'm very excited to really spend time with people like you who are so passionate about our kids and for finding a cure. Corey, Thank you so very much for spending this time with me. Thank you for having me. Yes, absolutely. And in the meantime, everybody, I am excited to see you all and hear from you and chat in our next episode. Be well. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe and like us wherever you're listening. For more information about today's guest and SYNGAP1, please check out our show notes. Your suggestions are welcome. Please email us at ed at syngapresearchfund.org.